Deep within the forests of the Northwest resides a happy couple, an artist and a logger. They spend their evenings watching old cartoons and discussing their days and their quiet little existence. Nothing could spoil their lives, except perhaps for the deranged needs of a hippie cult leader. In the blink of an eye, their whole world is turned upside down, and now our logger is on the road hunting down demonic bikers. A chemist and the demented hippie who turned his paradise into hell. This is It Records. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. It is I, emerging from the shadows, one of your hosts, Matt Johnson today. Welcome back. I thought you were going to do like, you're almost going to do like a superhero speech or something. Mm Mm-hmm. I am Phoenix, risen from the dead. It worked well with this movie. There's nothing like it. It fit right in. I don't know if anything would fit in with this movie because it didn't make any didn't make any sense. Oh, I don't know about that. I I picked up on all the nuances of this film. <laughs> and like, like I said before we recorded, I watched it like having six hours of sleep like within like two days <laughs> and then I was just like like my eyes were just like hard to keep open because I was like I'm so tired but this movie's insane <laughs> yeah I don't know if it's like, sleep deprivation or if it's yeah, the movie <laughs> yeah but it's really adding to it right now because I'm fucking confused <laughs> well, for the podcast listener if you don't know this week on the podcast we did the 2018 film Mandy What you gonna do with that thing? We're going hunting. So what you hunting? It's crazy evil. You think you're so in love? I'll show you love. Cosmic darkness. 
world from within. Strange and eternal. Directed by Panos Kasmatos, I believe his name is. And it starred the one, the only, Nicolas Cage. It, it is a movie. Uncaged. <laughs> you know, I would almost say Cage himself was... The movie un, was more Cage than Nick Cage, if that makes sense. Like, he was almost more subdued than what this movie was. His acting. Compared to what I've seen in, like, The Vampire's Assistant, Face Off, he seemed okay. The movie itself was a little weird. Face Off is fucking amazing. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. It, it's something. Face Off is... It's it's a movie, all right. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Face Off. But, but you're right. This movie is anything but subdued. Yeah, which is, real quick descriptor for anybody, uh, it follows the enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest. Their lives are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their demon biker henchman propelling a man, Nicolas Cage, into a spiraling surreal rampage of vengeance. That's the best way to sum up this movie because... That's what happens. <laughs> <it's> a... <laughs> that, that, that is what happens. Um... But I get, I don't even know where to really start with this film. Is I feel like you just talk about the movie. You don't even talk in sequence because mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. There is. There I couldn't was. tell you what that looks like. It's really almost a two-part film where the beginning is it's the story of this couple, and we get this hippie cult, and it. It's kind of a setup for a normal horror movie, and you kind of get that f- foreshadowing. And then part two is like f- full on Nick Cage vengeance movie. It becomes a vengeance movie in part two, and part one is like leading up to like this horror film. That's kind of how I felt about it. Like, it's Nick- so weird that I expected more, but go on. <laughs> oh. I just feel like somebody told Nick Cage what part two of this was when, like, Mandy, you know, that title sequence comes up and says Mandy, and, like, it's his vengeance storyline. Somebody pitched the movie to him, like, oh, Nick, this is the movie, and he's like, I'm in. Like, this this, this movie is for me. First part, okay, but I'm into this vengeance where I wield this axe and go after bikers. He definitely fit in this movie very well because, like, like you said, like, he did seem, like, it was such a weird movie that he did seem like more subdued and like he belonged in the movie more than like like out of nowhere you know kicking a little kicking a woman who's dressed in the wicker man you know when she just he's just punching ladies everywhere <laughs> yeah. like you're just like what the fuck is happening <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. not the bees <laughs> the bees <laughs> But he also said something that was great in this movie. He's like, that's my favorite shirt or whatever. Like, I forgot. It was like something along those lines that I like 
that was really funny. <laughs> like, he was, like, pissed about it. He was like, that's my favorite shirt. And he, like, punched the guy in the face about it. Yeah, and that demon biker, rip, when he's tied up. And yep. T- and, like, rips his shirt. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he met his girlfriend in that shirt. Mm-hmm. Who is Mandy? Who is Mandy? Uh, Mandy. So I guess I'll try to paint a picture for the the audience so they have an idea of what this movie is. Because, and you guys can chime in at any point. But it, it just starts off with Nick Cage and Mandy living in this wooded house. He's a logger, possibly a recovering alcoholic of some sort, and they just live there. And a hippie cult guy goes by in a van, sees Mandy. And it's just like, I need her, and I get what I want. So the cult's going after to kidnap Mandy. And it may seem like a simple plot, but this movie uh, is... It's nonsensical. Yes. It's a lot of, there's like cartoon imagery, a lot of filtered scenes with bright, different colors. um, And the score is always very... Ominous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got sort of not the f- the first part, especially like a Suspiria vibe, I guess, because maybe it was the color scheme that they use, like those pur- those like reds and the purples, um, and it was, <laughs> and it wasn't a linear plot really. It was <laughs> trying to connect dots here and there. What was going? That's on. true. Suspiria doesn't make any fucking sense either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I was on board when I think it was like the first sequence where it said 1983 AD, wherever they were at. Mm-hmm. And it was, they did that throughout the yeah. movie, those title cards. They were like really neon. I thought it was like chapters because she was like reading like a weird book. I don't know. That's what I thought. <laughs> but that didn't really go anywhere and then like they didn't really talk about the book or give you much more information about the book. And I thought it was a way of them trying to tie into the cult, but that didn't happen. Yeah, I thought they were trying to do that as well, because when she's reading in the gas station, Mandy, um, and one of the cult leaders comes, or cult followers, she's reading a passage that talks about reaching your hand in and pulling out this emerald green light that was the source of everything. I'm paraphrasing, it was an emerald green light. And the object that the cult uses to summon the demonic bikers that kidnap Mandy is like this glowing, like flashing green object. So there must be some parallels between that sci-fi book she's reading and what's going on because there, it is an emerald like stone that summons the demonic people. And she's reading that before she's kidnapped. Is it a real book? I'm, I don't know. I didn't look it up. If it's a real author and a real story i could see it being real like one of those like trashy sci-fi novels or whatever Mm-hmm. yeah i was wondering that a lot about the things you were like the tv images we saw in the background like the cartoons they watched and i love the scene i don't know yeah. why but goblin cheddar goblin or whatever his name is oh yeah <laughs> it's like a fake commercial or whatever yeah, it's like, was that a real thing at one time? Or is that, like, made up for this movie? <laughs> yeah, I was, like, watching the whole it. commercial. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this commercial? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, a, that was odd. 
like how everyone in this movie was really ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a thing to notice. Everybody was, you know, was like, not attractive. <laughs> like, everyone in that cult was just like... I mean, I guess, like, cultists, you're not really going to attract good-looking people. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. good-looking people are more likely to have their shit together. As everyone knows. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> That's why they're trying to seek, you know, they're trying to seek uh, pleasurement elsewhere. They're like, oh, no one loves me. Mm-hmm. I need a cult to tell me I'm loved. To tell me what to do. Yeah. There was a lot going on with this this movie in terms of, like, the cinematography. And it was, it was nominated for some award uh, this year for, for cinematography and the color scheme. Was it? Yeah. Or not for, like, the Golden Globes or the Oscars, but it was nominated. And I probably have it. Oh, at the Independent Spirit Awards for the best cinematography. But. Interesting. I, I guess I'm, you have to watch this movie. I'll say that before I defend and destroy it, because we're not going to do it justice describing it at all. But <laughs> stop! If you're listening, as few of you as there are, <laughs> just stop it right now. Yeah. Fucking watch just it. Just go watch it and come back, because so much goes on. Like, well, I'll just say, drugs play a part of this movie. Cocaine, LSD, characters are taking it. And the movie, I think, tries to replicate a lot of, like, the tripping and experiences as you're visually watching it. I think that's... I think that's accurate, because as Mandy is taken captive and is talking to the cult leader and is forced to take acid with through eye drops in the eye, which I didn't know if that's, that's a, a thing, thing or not, because... Uh, I've That's heard from okay. people. I've heard I know. from research, <laughs> not personal research. <laughs> from your friends, your your friends, my hippie like, cool friends. Yeah, good eye drop. Yeah, you are yeah. a hippie. <laughs> you did have a Beatles poster in your old room. I still have that poster. So, I am one of the children of the New Dawn. Stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, then you, like, see, like, some weird, like, face melding going on. She's talking to that collator, and she's her face, and then his face, and she and he's talking to her. You see his face, and it's her face, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was really tired. <laughs> and I was, like, even more confused. That was the most trippy part of the film for me, and I was tired. I watched this at 1 a.m. I started this movie, and when that scene happened, I was like, what? I had to like lean in to the TV. I was like, "Is that still her his face, or is that her face superimposed on his?" Yes. And they thank kept going you. back and forth between his face and her face, and they never cut away, which made it seem confusing. It was always that one close-up shot. It was very David Lynch-like. I feel like that whole that a lot of segments that were weird were very David Lynch-like, or inspired from him because I was like, his movies are very dream-like. Mm-hmm nightmarish movies especially Mulholland Drive I feel like is the most one that's most dreamlike to me that I've seen mm-hmm. like Blue Velvet or something yeah yeah they're just fucking weird mm-hmm. movies and this movie is also weird and just does a lot visually and then, and then you like have fucking Cage just doing stuff <laughs> 
being a logger and then being a trained assassin or something. I don't know. Maybe he served in Vietnam. I don't fucking know. <laughs> because he has that crossbow, and I don't know if there's a name for it, but he goes to Crothers and gets his crossbow that he had. So he's going to go on some vengeance and then welds this battle axe in like a day. <laughs> yeah. He fucking smithed and forged it. And it looked super fucking cool. And I was like, is he, and I was like, is he building a fucking axe right now? And it was like, oh, just all metal. Like it like had like blades in all sides. And Mm -hmm. I was like, the fuck is this? Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay, you've been quiet. (laughs) What are are your thoughts up to this point? Because Mad and I are just really confused. (laughs) I feel that this movie is quite the overload of the psychedelic like elements and it's got like a smorgasbord of genres it's like horror and like action and like you know whatever else and uh you know you recorded a review on another cult movie right before this one so we're doing another one back to back this one i think takes the cake Yeah, I don't think I should say anything else really until you get to defend or destroy. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel I kind of have foreshadowed what I'm going to say, but uh, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found that interesting too. We just did a cult movie. Um, and when you look up the invitation or vice versa, Mandy on Google or whatever, the algorithm for people also search or recommended movies is mandy or the invitation which is the other movie it's like if you like this you'd enjoy this and the only parallel i can see is that they're cult movies and i i guess that's what the connection is but they are very in theme and style like polar opposites almost exactly that's very unexpected i almost feel like to me like this movie has more in common with the void yes and i know that's a weird i'm i'm, I'm surprised actually that you agree mm-hmm. with me because i thought it was a weird stretch <laughs> because like that movie didn't it didn't make sense until like the very end like it kind of was very linear but like it was like taking something from a different era and like having it in the modern world but like it was like trying to make it look like something from a past horror like this was like kind of i don't know 70s 80s stuff going on like you could we even talk about the fucking biker gang really there's crazy murderers that took bad acid or something that are basically immortal or something you know they're, they're really hard to kill and one of them has like a sword penis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> and then fucking Nicholas Cage gets in a chainsaw duel. We didn't talk about that. Like that's how crazy this movie is. We we missed talking about a sword penis <laughs> and a chainsaw duel because this movie's fucking weird. Yeah. You can go on and on <laughs> about this movie. Like I just spoiled two crazy things in this movie, and it's like. No, it's just a crazy movie. Yeah, that's and not you, half of it. Yeah, and it's you should watch it because it's crazy, 
And I don't even I don't even know if I liked it that much because I just was so confused. <laughs> like I like how for me it was like disappointing for me like the void was. I think that was another comparison I had. Is that like it didn't it had not enough substance for its style. Like its style was like ten out of ten, and like you got a lot of things going for it. it like as a B horror movie. Like, you got all the right ingredients, but, like, I don't know, like, there's something missing of the substance that's there. And, like, that's where it kind of, like, reminds me of The Void, because I feel like they did the same thing with their respective genre. I completely agree. I think, um, you know, we mentioned Suspiria earlier. That's, like, to me, the total opposite of what this is here in terms of style over substance. I didn't think that in that movie, style was compromised. Um, so that's like a good example of what to do um, without being over the top. You know, with this movie, I don't get that feeling at all. I feel like it was just all a little bit too much uh, sensory overload, if you will. That's for... that's that's a mm-hmm. good point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And we mentioned Suspiria and, like, those vibes, I guess, cinematography-wise, similarly, and maybe the score. And then you mentioned The Void, as it touches upon other things. I also got, with the Demon Bikers, a Cinnabites Hellraiser vibe, which is which is yeah. basically you have the, the box that summons them to do their bidding, which is what the cult did, and they came and kidnapped Mandy. And they all, they didn't really look human. You didn't really saw their face, which is similar to like Pinhead and the Cinnabites. So I got that vibe from them. Which I guess aren't really demons, the bikers? Were they humans with a bad batch of acid? <laughs> I, I didn't catch that's, that part. That's like, yeah, that's how, the, like, that's what it said in okay. the movie. And I think, I think that was just like a way of it. I, I guess trying to keep it more grounded. <laughs> I don't know if that if that movie even tried to do that, mm-hmm. but that's what he said. And I'm like, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's just trying to explain why these things are crazy. It's like it's like okay, we're not that crazy where there's demons in it, so they're just bikers that took really bad acid, so it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I think they're demon like. I think that's like what it is I mean they're like the book that she's reading is like all fucking about demons yeah mm-hmm. yeah I would say this movie definitely tries to get that like 80s exploitation horror vibe in the second half maybe with like touches of I don't know 70s like I don't know it, yeah aesthetic, aesthetic. mhm well, then you got like the heavy metal. You, you get you ever heard of that? You ever see that movie with like the weird cartoon? Mm-hmm. You got that randomly. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. the eighties too. <laughs> One of the best reviews I heard of this, or I think succinct ones, that said it feels like an an eighties hard metal album cover came to life. Like an eighties album cover that you made a movie yeah. of. I was like, okay, I guess I could see that. Like, it doesn't make that much sense. <laughs> Very simple and straightforward. It's a vengeance plot. 
I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that person, you know, also took a lot of drugs and really thought <laughs> mm-hmm. about it. They smoked, they smoked a lot of weed and it like made total sense <laughs> of that movie and that was the only thing they remembered it when they got yeah. sober. Yeah, it made perfect <laughs> sense. That was insightful. I think one point before, you know, we, we defend or destroy coming up, to point out about this movie, two things that stuck out. Um, Elijah Wood produced this. Uh, one of the producers, so Frodo, had a hand in this film, along with Nicolas Cage. But it was the last film Johan Johansson did the score for, uh, the film composition. He's a famous like film composer, did uh, Sicaro, uh, Arrival, Oscar-nominated movies. Um, and the movie was dedicated to him. He died like right after the making of the film. So it was his last film composition was Mandy. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So Mandy will live on forever in trivia for that fact. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just burned into my brain. I had the weirdest dreams that night, guys. I don't know if this is going to go on the podcast, but I watched it at one in the morning and like went to sleep afterwards and had the weirdest dreams. <laughs> I don't remember dreaming <laughs> that night. I probably lived it in my dream. <laughs> so if we don't have any more to say, I think we can defend or destroy Mandy. Yeah. Lindsay, why don't you take the helm on this one? <laughs> All right. Um... Well, to be very straightforward, uh, it's a destroy from me. Um, everywhere I looked, I wanted to look away. Um, it was just kind of like a nightmare that didn't seem to really end. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I can definitely appreciate the film style and, you know, the acting. But at the end of the day, it's another revenge tale. And it's probably not for everyone. It's not really for me. Um, it's too long. I think that there were some unneeded scenes, and, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. So, uh, destroy. Nice. I I respect your opinion, and you're, you're very honest about it. Hey, you know, since it was your pack, mm-hmm. let's hear from you next. <laughs> uh, Matt, what, what do you do say? I say? Okay, uh, I'll start with Matt... I didn't really like read the synopsis of Mandy. I saw the cover first, the work, like the artwork, and I saw Nick Cage, and I went, "This is just gonna be some bonkers movie." That's like, it's Nick Cage and in some independent film. Wasn't what I expected. Still bonkers, um, but it was a sub a subdued Cage because I felt like the movie was bigger than him. <laughs> it was just crazier, um, but. Overall, I guess I would, it's a tough one. I'm going to defend it just because I liked, I appreciate the style that it was going for. I think it's kind of confusing and all over the place, but I appreciate like the effort to try to make something that isn't cookie cutter and kind of, you know, is out of the box. So I want to recommend that and defend it so that we can continue to see movies like it maybe it was the visual i really like the style a lot 
I think the substance leaves more to be desired uh, in this film. It's very simple, straight, like, a vengeance tale. It could have been more, but I appreciated the style a lot and just the creativeness of it. So I'll defend Mandy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, like, I agree with a lot with you said, Matt, that, like, I did find myself actually very disappointed watching it yeah. because I heard that it was, like, a crazy Nick Cage movie. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm on board mm -hmm. for that. And then, like, it, it, he is crazy in it, and it's a crazy fucking movie. But, and then, like, the style, it, like, like I said earlier, like, the style's really cool and has, like, a lot of ingredients for it to be, like, this really entertaining B-horror movie. And I don't know if, like, <clears throat> I feel like, to me, I don't know if it's just, like, nostalgia or, like, that's, like, like, I'm looking at it from a way from, like, like, B-horror movies, like, from before, like, I feel like movies now are just, like, trying to be a B-horror movie, so they, like, intentionally make these decisions for it to be as weird as possible, and then, like, back then, they're just, like, they just did a bunch of cocaine, and then, like, they just, like, yes, this is a really good idea. <laughs> And, like, they, like, tried making a great movie that they thought made perfect sense, but it just fucking didn't because it just were mm -hmm. really high. And this person's, like, I just, like, I just imagine this movie is, like, this person's really smart and has, like, a fucking, like, Irish sweater wearing glasses and has, like, a pipe. And it's, like, I really enjoyed those movies and let's make this movie pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. But, like, never, like, did drugs ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is my impression of the process of this movie. And that is a defend. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask, <laughs> is that a defend or a destroy? <laughs> Alright. So, two defends and a destroy. This one was this one was tough for me. Because, like, once it got into Act 2, I guess, where it becomes Mandy, where he's like the vengeance, I was like, uh, this just became a Nick Cage movie again. Like, this just became... <laughs> Like, this is why he signed up, but the uniqueness of it is why I defend, but I think that's it for Mandy. If any more thoughts from anybody? Yeah. Is this on Netflix or Hulu right now? Um, it's on Amazon, Google Play. You can rent it for like three ninety nine. so you'll have to pay a price to watch this great, great it's on That's right. Shutter. It is. It's on you have Shutter. Shutter subscription, which if you're listening, you probably do. But <laughs> it's on Shutter for free. But until next time, you know, get at us on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, our website, all of the above. We're there. You know, if you're our friends, email us, text us, <laughs> um, and give. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let us know what you're thinking. Um, we love to hear what you're thinking. And yeah, that's about it for now. Until then, I won't be doing anything on the podcast. I will just be in the shadows. It's pretty dark in there. And that's where I'll be until I'm on the air next.